Hi, Emmaus. Welcome to the Proclaim and Display podcast, episode 28, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations. Back in the studio today with Jaren and Kennedy. What's up? Hey. Hey, guys. So, uh, 27B last week, 28 this week, we think. <laughs> we have no idea at this point. But it's 28 this week. So, so if everything goes according to plan, uh, we are pre-recording a little bit because this episode should release during the week that we're at Falls Creek impossible question for the two of you, but talk about some of your craziest favorite memories about oh, Falls Creek. Uh, I know it's a dangerous question. But, I should have uh, had a little time to think through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, anything good come to mind? What's, I mean, there's. you can help me talk through this. I can think this. of like five billion uh, Jonathan Smith, actually one of our staff members, does a great job around here. Uh, he was fresh into the youth group. He was, we were in our meeting space at night, cabin devotion, so it's just Is our this shirt. the old pocket cabin? Yes. Oh, chicken man. Rancho kitchen, Ponca. Kitchen cage, or ki- chicken, yeah. what am I chicken trying to say? Cage? Chicken, yeah. chicken yeah. word. Yeah. Oh, man, let's move on. Anyway, um, some girl was trying to get through the seating, and awkwardly, where we meet downstairs, the girl's door is like right behind the stage. So it's just a weird setup. So this girl taps him on the shoulder because she's trying to get through. She's leaving early to go to the girl's dorm oh, no. during a really awkward time of the the, the time together anyway. So he pretty assumed. Sure you were preaching. Huh? I said, I'm pretty sure you were like preaching. I think I was. I think I was doing the <laughs> devotion so. that night. And I see Jonathan following this girl as she's walking into the girl's dorm. And I'm like, dude, like in front of everybody, where are you going? <laughs> And I think it was Megan, I don't know, she turns around and was like kind of freaked out wondering what he was doing. She thought, or Jonathan thought, she was like needed. prayer or like Yeah, he was needed like... and needed something. And so he was just going to help. And do that. It was, in the moment, I didn't yeah. do that story justice. No, no, no. Like, it was imagine. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty funny. Poor Jonathan. It was like his first week. He was a guest. It was his first oh, week okay. with yeah. Vegas. And, yeah. we, sure. and we managed to keep Fresh him around after, yeah. all, after all of that. So like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's amazing. I don't know, so, Kennedy, you got yeah. any... Well, speaking of that, because I know for a fact that Jonathan probably won Dork of the Day next day. The next day. Oh, I'm yeah, sure he that. did. Yes. No, you guys had Dork of the Day? Yeah. yeah. That's probably my favorite thing we did at Falls Creek. We don't do it anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> not like, I'm probably not allowed anymore. Well, yeah. it was it was more for the thick-skinned folks yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't do that anymore. But uh, yeah. it was just people that did silly things during the day would get you know, some yeah. attention for it. And it was all in good fun. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. embraced it. Yeah. it some Jaren always stuff. had a fun costume for us to wear, though, if we were a dork of the day. Yeah. And I only remember this vividly because I feel like I did something every year. You that, won like, every year. won me dork of the day. One year you had a life vest for us that we had to wear around camp all the next day. Just during rec time, not like yeah. any services. Yeah, no, 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 not during services. Oh, just, yeah. we, did, we did have some just fun. fun stuff. I, I don't know that I could think of one other one. Yeah. I would say also, this time I was a sponsor. You were youth pastor. And when the wasp got in the cabin at Sharon, it was during a really serious time. And I mean, you would have thought. (laughs) It was mass hysteria. (laughs) And I was dying laughing the whole thing. It was great. I have a video and you can see the whole crowd like swoop down. And I mean, just absolute screaming going on just because this little uh, wasp. Just one wasp. (laughs) Yeah. You can't take yourself too seriously at those times. No, though, no, 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 be, no, no. Be, be done in a second. No, did no, you guys no. go to Children's Falls Creek back in the day, or no. when, when did you? What, what's your first Falls Creek like memory going to Falls Creek? Ooh, 
for me, it was here at Emmaus because um, I didn't come to Emmaus since, until I was a junior in high school. And so before that, we went to camp in Texas. So it would have been Michael Staten would have been the student pastor. We went to we were at the cabin at Yukon. And I always back in those days, Leo Snow was the cook. Oh, yeah. And so. Love that's Leo. that's when it was good. That's when food just yeah. at Falls Creek started this phenomenal pathway yeah. of just having incredible food in our cabin. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. good stuff. I feel like so I when I was first born, like the first five years of my life, I was a youth pastor's kid. So I remember like my very earliest memory of Falls Creek was my grandma taking me up to visit my parents while mm-hmm. they were at camp. And going up and, like, coloring in the cabin. And, you know, the girls, like, trying to hold me and stuff. And I loved it because I was like, yeah, I get to hang out yeah. with teenagers. But also my first, like, student camp experience was with Jaren, which is kind of fun, like, <laughs> full circle now because went to camp with Jaren for several years. And then my first year in college, I actually worked at Falls Creek. Oh, what did um, you do there? I was on program staff, and so kind of got to see the other side of camp, which was really yeah. fun. And you were like Andy Harrison's right hand. I person, do not right? think that I was his right oh, hand, yeah. but but yes, I One was on right his hands. staff. So like you probably had a lot of right hands to yeah. pull that off. So yeah, that's so awesome. that was fun. I remember we went uh, like associational Children's Falls Creek when I was in fourth grade. I remember going and. It was like just completely overwhelming at, at oh. that point. But then going back all the years in in Youth Falls Creek and Central Central Baptist Central, we used to have this little cabin that was one of these small ones they've tried to get rid of over the, over the years, with the, the cinder block style, and it, it was rough. So we did that for a while and then stayed in different places. But yeah, yeah, great memories at Falls Creek. Called the ministry there between my eighth and ninth grade years. Mike Keybone was my youth minister at the time, That's cool. so I remember that. Uh, what, what do you guys love most about Falls Creek? We just think about what it stands for, what it represents. What do you love most? I I think for me, it's it's an opportunity for kids to be pulled away from. Um, a lot of things that are back home, positive or negative, but most significantly negative, where they just have a laser focus on the gospel, and um, a lot of the distractions are 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 pulled away, and and it, it can be hard going back home into that, but th- those experiences at Falls Creek are so pivotal for so many students, and uh, and just the the relationships and the unity that's developed on those those weeks as well is a really, really fun thing. Yeah. yeah. I definitely say the unity. I can't even remember as a student, like you get really close. I mean, just with the other students that are there and you come home and it almost seems like every year, even when I was a student and now on the other side of things, like every year we come back and the students just want to hang out together all the time coming back from Falls Creek. And I think that that's, what's also kind of fun about us going on in June um, because then like it kind of launches student ministry for the summer because they legitimately want to hang out all the time, which is great. And it, and it sets us up for a really fun summer. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, admittedly, you know, the idea of Falls Creek is just not my favorite thing ever. Like the whole (laughs) camp experience, but I say that to say I am always blown away by seeing how God works through people's lives at at Falls Creek. And what I love, we say this at our house all the time, but just because it's not your favorite thing doesn't mean it's not somebody else's favorite thing. And so what I love from a pastor perspective is to see how pumped up my wife gets about going to Falls Creek, 
how excited our kids get, how excited students and, and the way it brings volunteers in uh, to, to serve together and how you get to know people. And so it's one of those things that I just get excited to see mm-hmm. that kind of impact that, that happens in students' lives. And so last year uh, I went uh, in the kitchen staff. And I tell you what, I mean, people, if, if they have the means to pull away and go serve at Falls Creek or whatever kind of event like this and, and whatever, you know, whatever it looks like, it, it's, it's surprising. I mean, it was the first time I was on that side of things. And it, I just had a blast. Yeah. It was so much fun hanging out with those adults, loving on those kids. Um, it really should be something. It should be a bucket list item for everybody to go do something at Falls Creek for the student ministry. It's a, it's a good time. We, we always uh, tell people, if you want to get to know people, serve with them. Like yeah. that's how, and if you want to really, if Vacation Bible School, Kids Camp, you know, Falls Creek, that type of thing, you really do get to know people in a mm-hmm. unique way. I, I've told the story before, but I always think about my grandpa, and I, I don't want to get this story wrong because I, I'm certain this is how he told me, but he got one or two weeks of vacation every year with his job working civil service at Falls or at Fort Sill. And he almost every year used one of those weeks to go to Falls Creek. Wow. And just the, now back in the day, I think they did a lot more pranks that you could get away with. And so he, <laughs> he told me about some pranks that they would do That's and some true. early days of Falls Creek. But uh, but yeah, just the, the impact that you make in students' lives yeah. through, through being able to do that. So I, I love that part of it. And our hope is, and I keep praying this this summer for, uh, you know, Falls Creek and Kids Camp, that God would just speak to our students, that, that they would hear his voice, they would hear his word, um, and that we create a hunger mm-hmm. in them to know him more and, and to, to hear his mm-hmm. voice, to hear his word. And so I mentioned last week on the podcast, one of the things I wanted to do this week is talk about how do you approach studying a book of the Bible? So we've talked about uh, how we're in this new Hebrew sermon series, and and we'll talk about that some more in in just a little bit. But let's say that you are wanting to begin studying a book of the Bible. Where do you start? Because kids go to Falls Creek, they get excited about Jesus, they get excited about about God's Word, and they come back and they look at their Bible and think, oh my word, like what do I, you know, what do I do now? And so if I'm going to start studying the book of Hebrews for a sermon series or something like that, you know, how do I, how do I go about that? So I think our air conditioner kicked on, didn't it? So if people yeah. hear that in the background, <laughs> it's we're, not your we're car. Thank, it's we're not thankful your car. for the air conditioner, but uh, they may hear it in the background. So, okay. So let's, let's say you're thinking about studying the book of the Bible and we'll try to put some show notes out about this, but I think about three, three resources uh, that, that I utilize when I get started studying the book of the Bible. Number one, not being cheesy, but the Bible is important, you know, meaning if I'm going to start studying a book, I want to, in God's word, read through that book multiple times, if, if possible. You know, some of the longer books, Isaiah, Jeremiah, that's not going to work as well, Psalms, but, but if I can, I want to read through that book multiple times and, if possible, read through it in different translations. Mm. So, so we're starting out and we're giving a lot of attention to the very beginning of the book and the very end. So this is how we all survive school anyway. Like you can't read the whole thing, like you skim through it. You look at the, you know, you look at the the section headings and things like that, but you really focus on the beginning and the end. Actually, I think that's a really good practice even for scripture because you're trying to get a handle on what this book is about. So utilize your phone, you know, Bible, version, Bible app, uh, hard copy of the Bible that you might have. 
and and you just want to read through that thing multiple times to get a feel for it. You uh, mentioned in your sermon last Sunday how many minutes to read through Hebrews. Yeah, it's about forty-five. Okay, something like that. There's there's a really good website out there. I mean, you could Google this and find it, but it has a it has a listing of how long it takes to listen to or read through different books of the Bible. And we always tell ourselves, man, I don't have time to do that. And then you look at that list and you're like, oh, maybe I do. Maybe I do have time to, to do that. So uh, what you're trying to do here is you're just trying to get an overview of, of the book. So I'm going to read through it. The second thing I'm going to do is I love those Bible overview videos that the mm. Bible Project puts out. So you just search Bible Project on YouTube or, or Google or whatever. You search Bible Project and then Hebrews Overview. And they put together these seven to ten minute overviews of different books that are just fantastic. They are, they are done so well. They give you a big idea of what the book is about. They, they draw it out in a really creative way. And so usually the second thing I'll do after I have a little bit of an experience of what's in this book, I want to go and watch that overview video uh, a couple of different times to get an idea of, of what it's about. And then the third thing is I want to start gathering some some resources uh, about that book. So a good outline is important to have. Uh, maybe one or two reference books. Don't break the bank. Better yet, borrow. Ask somebody. Uh, this is one of those things that I love when people will send me an email or a text message and say, I'm going to start studying X do you have any books about this? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We want it. We want to put some resources in, in front of you. Plus, there's a ton of online resources now as well. You go in Blue Letter Bible and click that little study link at the top, and there's only about a hundred more beyond that that you know you can use use online. And so, get some type of a resource to help you study that book. So we're gonna obviously the Bible is number one. Like we want to get used to what's this book about. We want to watch the overview video because it's going to help you kind of frame out, give a theology of it. And then we want to get an outline of the book that just kind of gives you a big picture of what's happening in the book and, and make sure we have a couple of resources or study guides or, or something like that to use along the way. So those are kind of the three the three resources. Anything else you guys use? Anything that has been helpful to you to you guys? No, I think, uh, I think all of those things are really helpful. I think from my perspective just being a little bit honest, like I come from a, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm as intellectual as a lot of people. Like that's like, like reading is not something that is just naturally easy for me or fun. And so it's something I have to work at. And so I think too, going into this is giving yourself some grace. Absolutely. Like, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to accomplish everything Owen does in his study or what he can accomplish through his preaching on Sunday. But you know, what can you get out of it? And so just going, I think, just with a mindset of grace and just have fun with it and yeah. enjoy what you can enjoy and make the most of it. No, that's so good. I, that's a great reminder. And if you don't like to read, there's a lot of resources out there where you can listen to scripture. Um, these Bible project videos where you're getting to see something, if you're more of a visual mm -hmm. person, those, mm -hmm. those can be really, really helpful. Uh, I think a great practice to do is, uh, just to begin to take each of the books of the Bible and think, how can I just summarize this in a sentence or two? So I don't have to know everything that's yep. in the book of Hebrews. I don't have to know everything that's in the book of Matthew. But do I have something that I can hold on to or kind of know what these mm -hmm. what these books? And and don't overlook how important it is to study together yeah. with other people. Absolutely. Because we can begin to think it's just my Bible and me and mm -hmm. I have to go off and figure right. out this together. We want to learn this 
you know, find a group of people mm-hmm. that want to read a book of the Bible with you. Or if you want to study something, just study Hebrews because we're going to be doing yeah. this for yeah. a while. But practice, you know, where you're doing it on your own, then you're coming back with the church and doing it. Mm-hmm. Kind of that back and forth. Yeah. piece there. That's good. I think also what Jaren said about giving yourself grace, like understanding that timelines may be different for mm-hmm. everyone too, you yeah. know, because I can't, like I have a really hard time sitting down and reading for long periods of time because I just get so distracted. Yeah. And so I know that like my attention span is shorter than a lot of people. And so I know that, okay, I can split things up into chunks and it's, yeah. it's probably going to take me a little bit longer than most people to study a book of a Bible, but I know that I'm still getting what God wants me to get out of his word. You know, that yeah. it, my timeline may be different than other people mm-hmm. out there too. I think that's really important because, and if you don't know where to focus, start at the beginning, start at the end, and then you can start to kind of piece things together from there. So uh, we want to get into God's word, uh, whatever that looks like. We want to make sure we have an overview of it. So that's where those videos help out. And then just grab a couple of resources. Uh, sometimes those resources are friends. <laughs> sometimes those are websites. Sometimes those are other books. And, and just ask, like, how can I bring other people along with me on, on this journey? So when I'm getting started studying a book, that's what I want. I want to know kind of what's it about, what's the video say, and then what resources I'm, am I going to use. And then from there, what you're trying to do is... I think of like a three-legged stool on on this. So you can think of three, a pyramid, whatever you want to think about. But there's kind of three ideas that I'm always thinking through here. One of those pieces is what we would call the historical cultural part of of the book. The second part is what we call like the literary part, just the words that are in there, how the words are put together. And the third part is what we call the theological part. So anytime we're studying scripture, as we're going to a book, we're thinking, what was happening in history? What was happening in culture? Like on the big world timeline, do I have any idea kind of where this book fits? Or on a map, do I kind of know uh, Kennedy a couple of weeks ago at VBX with the fourth and fifth graders, you were teaching them to use those journalistic questions when you study mm-hmm. the Bible, like the who, what, when, where, those type of questions. That's a lot of what, what this process is. And so... This is kind of that real world, do, do I know what this book refers to? Uh, and so, you know, you're like, okay, how am I going to figure that out? Like, how, how do I get there? Well, we've got these resources uh, to help us. Uh, you got people you can ask questions. And honestly, the best way is you just read through the book and ask yourself who, what, when, where, you know, and then you get to why and how, but you're, you're working through those questions. And so... On a timeline, do I know where the book fits? On a map, do I know where the book fits? And are there any like key characters or you know that that are identified in this book? What would you say, Owen? Just to cut in here real quick, yeah, please. For do. the person who's just like, you know what, I just want to jump to the application. Like, why why is that kind of work necessary? Absolutely, no, that's great. The great question. So. Um, Couple of couple of things come to mind on that. First, any time in Scripture we're we're seeing this application that that's given, that application is always uh, flowing from coming from a theological, doctrinal, some sort of historical background. And so, the danger in jumping straight to application is sometimes we can try to make an application of a Bible passage to our lives that that passage was not intended right. to mean in the in the first place. And so 
We're like, okay, sometimes we'll sit down in a Bible study and say, well, what does this mean to you? And the problem with that question is it starts in the wrong place, you know? So we want to know what's going on with this passage. And then the application flows from that. And, and so I want to get to application. I'm all, I'm all about that. Um, we don't want to divorce that application from the teaching that's happening there in, in Scripture. And so knowing how it's situated, knowing what's going on, is going to help you to get to that that application, building a bridge from what was happening mm-hmm. in the text to, to where we are now. Uh, also, I would say on top of that, there are other religious writings from, from the ancient world that are just kind of like one command after another, one wise saying after another, that, that type of thing. And they are not connected to the larger biblical story, the, the big picture of, mm-hmm. of Scripture. And the danger there is we turn Christianity into mm-hmm. a to-do list mm-hmm. or an application yeah. list. And so, you know, most people in life already feel overwhelmed with not doing well enough in life. You you know, I don't eat well enough. I don't exercise well enough. I don't, you know, and, and then the Bible study comes along or Christianity comes along. And here's just another area in life I stink. Like, yeah. I just don't, I don't measure up. And they miss the big picture of redemption and what God wants to do in their lives and how application, you know, flows from that. And so one of the dangers of jumping immediately to application is if we're not careful, it just completely mis- misrepresents the Bible yeah. and and what and what's happening there. And so I appreciate you asking that because that kind of leads into number two, the second leg, which is that literary what I call the literary leg. I know it's probably, I need to think through a simpler way to describe this, but that first part is historical, cultural, kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Literary is, do I understand what's happening in this book? Like how, how is it put together? And specifically, how does it relate to other places in the Bible? And and this is what our kids are, are doing such a good job learning is, okay, it's one thing to learn the book of Hebrews, but do I understand how the book of Hebrews connects to other places in, in Scripture? And so we're trying to get an idea of how it, we want to understand the words and what's happening in Hebrews, but we also want to understand how it connects to other places. So it's in the, the Bible. helicopter, it's, but it's also. Yep, the... Yeah. And so oftentimes we will teach that is it's the forest and the trees. You know, you got you to step back and see the forest. And then you got to get in there and study the trees. And then you step back out and you get the forest and you get back in there and get the trees. And so we want to do that, understand what's going on here. So we have the historical, cultural side. We have the literary side. And then finally with theology, that, that theology leg. And, and really at the beginning on the theology leg, what we're trying to ask is where do we see the gospel message mm-hmm. portrayed in, in this book? Um, when we think about... Um, the Bible, this big picture of the Bible, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. God created all things good. Sin has come in and broken that. God's provided salvation. He's restoring everything. Uh, if you know the three circles diagram, that's what that is. You're just trying to, how does this, what I'm studying in Scripture, what does it teach me about the gospel? What does it teach me about how God has rescued us and how God is restoring all things? And so when I do that, then I can start to see certain themes that show up mm-hmm. in, in the book. And so with something like the, the book of Hebrews, it just jumps off the page, kind of where that theology fits in there. Uh, but what you really want to do in the book of Hebrews is see 
where are other theological themes and how do they fit together? And you're like, well, that feels overwhelming. Well, it does if you try to do it all at one time by yourself. <laughs> you know, It is going to feel overwhelming if you try to do it all at one time by yourself. But if you have a framework and you're just filling it in a little bit at a time, if you're talking to friends about it, if you're sending me questions about it, if you're talking to anybody on staff or your Sunday school teachers, if, if you're just putting in the work and, and asking these questions and learning, that fruit will begin to come. You'll begin to see you know, the fruits of that study. So. Yeah. And what you were just saying also reminds me, you know, Tara Lee Cobble a lot of times gives that question um, at the end of a lot of our studies, especially with the Bible recap, like, what's your God shot for today? And I think that that's been helpful for me to, you know, because it can be overwhelming to think through, like, you know, how do I realistically ask these questions and things? But when I hone in on, okay, what's my God shot? Like, what? What does this passage say about God's character and who he is? Mm-hmm. And I think that that has been a good framework to begin to break some of those things that we're talking about down. I love that. And there, I think about it as having different tools in your tool belt. Like every time you study the Bible, you're not going to bring the same process, you know, to it. You can't do everything all at one time. And so having some of these tools that when I look at the Bible— I can use those journalistic questions. I can use the God shot question that Terry Lee teaches, which is another fantastic resource for, for studying scripture. Um, along that, uh, there's like four questions that a lot of times I'll ask, what does this teach me about God? Mm-hmm. What does this teach me about people or myself, mm-hmm. humanity? Mm-hmm. What does this teach me about the relationship with God and people, how that's been repaired? And then what should I do? You know, So it gets back to that application. Right. Well, that application came after I asked, what does it teach me about God, about myself, about how I'm made right with God, and then what do I do as a result? So I've got a lot of this uh, written down in different places. I'll try to compile some of it together and, and put it together for for some show notes. But it, it all goes back to, as students come back from Falls Creek, as we begin to study Hebrews together, um, how do we create a hunger in people for God's Word? And then on top of that, how do we take that and begin to study scripture personally and, and with our groups? And so I think that's where I kind of want to land the plane is, God, give us a hunger, uh, which is what uh, we've talked about last last Sunday and what we hope is happening with uh, our students. Give me a hunger for your word. Uh, and then how can I begin to study and not just study for head knowledge, but mm. God, change my heart. And, yeah. and I appreciate what you said earlier, Jaren. And, and God, let this be fun. Like this is something I look forward to. Like. Uh, I always worry that Bible study, church attendance, uh, just the Christian faith in journal feels like just another thing I'm trying to add to an already full plate, you know, where if we do it correctly, it's a fresh plate every day that then we add the things of the day onto. Because anytime faith, Bible study, church attendance feels like another thing to add to our plate, we're already so overwhelmed. We're like, I don't have room for that. But if people think about it with the analogy of, if you do those things, it gives you a fresh plate to then start adding things to. It, it really kind of reframes what, what we're trying to do there. So yeah. anyway, from Falls Creek to Bible study to whatever God's going to do in our lives, I hope that's helpful. And, and we'll try to get some of this information out there. So Kennedy, will you uh, you pray for uh, Falls Creek and our yeah. students there and everything going yeah, on there? So. Absolutely. 
Lord, we thank you so much just um, that we have a church that cares about the whole church, Lord, that a church that cares about generations because we know that you care about generations, Lord. And so um, we just pray for our students um, as they're away at Falls Creek and as they are preparing to continue out the rest of their summer, Lord, that you would just use your word to speak to them, Lord, that you would just open their hearts to the gospel, that they would um, maybe come to see and know you for the first time, and maybe they're growing in their relationship with you, or maybe you're even calling them to something that they don't even know what they're being called to yet, Lord. And so we just pray for their hearts to be open, Lord. We pray for our kids um, that are also preparing to go to kids camp, Lord, and just that you would do the same in them, Lord. We just pray that this summer would be a summer that um, we would just get to pour into that next generation um, and train them up in the church and also train them up in your word. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you, Mace. See you soon.